Craft Beer Radio, episode 99, December 27th, 2007. Craft Beer Radio. This is the show dedicated to craft beer and craft brewing industry. I'm Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And I am Shane Krumike. Shane is joining us uh, on this little adventure. Shane is my friend in Japan, and he's here in America for a few days, so he's going to join us on this winter brew episode of Craft Beer Radio. Good to have you here. It'll be, it'll be a fun show. <laughs> I, um, I got the news compiled, but it's upstairs, so I'm going to go get it real quick. Oh, okay. Is the mirror really required? I'm not sure. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so we're back, uh, and we're ready to start with... Winter beers, holiday beers, and the first one is Full Sail Wassail. Wassail! Which is and we a, had this what's ale? We had it from uh, last year or the year before. Uh, Gary sent, a, sent it to us then, and he did again. Got another care package from Gary this week. Oh, Gary. Gary is amazing. So I'm going to put together a little care package and send it back to him. Hopefully that's enough. I forgot I was pouring a three-way. Speaking of care packages, I guess I've never sent you one, have I? Now that I'm in Tokyo, there's a lot more things available to me. I should yeah. send you stuff. Well, you've brought those dried scallops. We should have brought them over tonight for Jeff. Yeah. Nobody seemed to like them. I like them. Oh, thank you. You so, know what? This smells kind of like an old ale. Is this an old ale? Winter warmer? It smells kind of raisiny. Um, yeah, it's really sweet smelling. Maybe pruney? Yeah, there's a little bit of alcohol there. I think it'd probably fall in the winter warmer category. And some alcohol, some raisins. Mm-hmm. It smells good. I definitely smell a raisin. Christmas pudding. Christmas pudding is a good way to put it. There's actually a lot of hoppiness in here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more than you'd expect by the aroma. Up front, there's a, a significant, strong uh, alpha hop flavor. Something probably... Yeah, there's... And then there's bitterness, too, at the yeah, end that yeah. follow up. But in between the two, yeah, there's some nice roasted malt, some dark fruit flavors. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, um, raisins, dried cherries, a nice mix in there. I'm not getting any other real spicing. Like, I'm not picking out any cinnamon or ginger or anything like that. Like, you might get in some holidays. Just some alcohol burning, but not a whole lot of spicing. I remember, if I recall, the last time we had this beer, we really weren't too thrilled about it. And this is pretty enjoyable. I'm enjoying this right now. The the hops up front are a little bit they're a little bit too much for my taste. I think they're just yeah. For a first beer of the night, it's it's kind of a steep cliff. Yeah, to that one, I can understand that. I think if we had it later in the session, you might not it, notice. It might have been a little bit better, but this will certainly uh, Shane wipe the cheese off of your palate. It yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Can't taste any more of the cheese. That's why cheese is or beer is better than wine. Mm. I'm still since I don't have access to a lot of beer and I tend to drink. Japanese beer. I still really like hoppy stuff, and this is excellent. I like Good. it a lot. Excellent. Uh, so we got a couple pieces of news here. Uh, the first two are uh, from our good old friends Anheuser-Busch. Star Hill Brewery, which is a brewery out of mm, Star Hill, Indiana, Illinois. It says Virginia is where this is announced, so I'll have to double-check. But we've had uh, 
a listener send us some Star Hill beers before we had the Dark Star Stout, which I remember was a very good stout. They're going to be uh, distributed by Anheuser-Busch now. Uh, this article goes on to say that uh, brewing and marketing decisions will remain the responsibility of Star Hill and its management. So a lot of conspiracy theory people will say, oh, there goes Star Hill. Anheuser-Busch is going to tell them to change their formulas. But I think... If you want anybody distributing your beers, it's probably going to be Anheuser-Busch. Well, they you know, we're starting to see more anyway. and more of this where you got these breweries that aren't owned by Anheuser-Busch, mm-hmm. but are basically saying, hey, will the distributing wing of the company take our beers too? And I think Anheuser-Busch is starting to see that there's a market in, you know, if you can't beat them, join them, you know, yeah. like if you can't... At least make some money off of, of what they're selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. second cool. Anheuser-Busch thing here is they have a new cookbook. It's And it's funny, I saw on one blog, they compared the photo cover of the Anheuser-Busch, which is called um, Good Beer, Good Food... Or good food, good beer, one or the other. And the best of American beer and food, the one that we got from Lucy Saunders, the Brewers yeah. Association. And they're strikingly similar. Like, so similar. Like, if you told a friend you wanted one for Christmas, uh-huh. they They'd could possibly idea. give you the wrong one. So that's interesting. I don't know exactly what beer pairings they su- suggest in it, but the beer pairings are made by their uh, brewmasters, and it's just a style designation. So it's not an actual beer, they suggest. American premium lager, Euro... Style pills, mirror, pale ale, you know, all things that, of course, is available under mm-hmm. one of the Anheuser Busch mm-hmm. labels, I would presume. You know, it's not going to be like, you should try this with a Berliner Weiss. Right. Or, or even, you know, you should try this with um, Imperial Stout. Yeah, just something that, or even like, you know, a Sam Adams lager. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just doing styles, but, right. you know, yeah, like they don't make a Vienna lager really, so they probably don't have Vienna lager as a style suggestion. Probably not. But I'd love to see a copy of the book before I make my final. Uh, you know, opinion on it, but the best of American beer and food from the Brewers Station is an awesome book. Yeah, and it'll be hard to beat it. There's actually a copy sitting right back there. It's a good book, and there's lots of great recipes in there. And Lucy's a very nice person too. Yep. So I actually I'm done with my wassail already. Um, the bitterness, like I said, steep cliff at the beginning. It was a little bit. Yeah, more the more the fruits coming through now. Um, as I'm drinking it more, we're drinking these, by the way, in tulip glasses, just to try to. Uh, we're drinking a wide variety of winter warmers and whatnot, so I figured the best glass for the whole night would be the the, the snifter or tulip type glass. Mm. I'm starting to smell. No, I'm still smell the same kind of fruity aroma. It's it's mm-hmm. not. I thought I was starting to smell a little bit of the hops in the aroma as it was warming up, but yeah, it's really strange. It really smells fruity and tastes mm-hmm. hoppy. It's yeah. unexpected. And, you know, it's it's a West Coast. It's from um, Full Sail Brewing. Which is in uh, Oregon, what part of Oregon? Hood River, Oregon. And uh, so you'd expect them to, you know, use hops liberally. But it's, I think it's nice how the aroma is not, smells like a spiced IPA or right, something, yeah. you know. I think the hops work better in the flavor alone. If it was on both sides, it'd be kind of weird. It's very good. Okay, so the next beer is right up the street, or I guess you should say the neighbor, same neighborhood, since I don't know anything about the geography of Oregon, Jubilee. but this is Jubilee from Deschutes Brewery. This is their Festive Winter Ale 2007 edition. Decap and Catcher. I'm going to use the Decap and Catcher, which is the uh, go on our website, you can get a discount for these things. It's a little wooden plaque with a pry-off bottle cap and has these insanely strong magnets that catch your cap. And also, the insanely strong magnets also stick it to your fridge if you have it on something metal. 
if you put one of them on your uh, craft beer radio studio wooden table, there's some what, screw holes. For are them they too. monopole magnets? I mean, <laughs> you must have both on different there's, sides. There's two up here for <laughs> okay, recording to the fridge, and one down at the bottom to catch the cap. I see. I was going to say that they found the magnetic monopole and they used it for. <laughs> That's cool. I want one in every room. Yeah. Yep. So you can go on our website and uh, there's a link you can follow to get a discount. Can I do it here tonight? You could. You awesome. could. I'm going. To- and if anyone's interested in these decapit catchers and have ordered one, it'd be great to hear if like people care about these things. It's a cool thing, you know. It's not. I keep poor Greg a big sample, so now. Uh, I keep I poured you a big sample last time too. You're gonna to be drunk by the end of the night. Probably. Maybe Shane will have to do the driving. And Shane and I are gonna be completely that. sober because I'm just not very I good didn't at bring scheduling. My license. It's in the, the wrong beer. car. <laughs> they won't care, will they? No, of course not. They don't care about licenses, things like that. Or I've got an expired one. That'll do. Do you have like a Japanese like yeah, actually have a Japanese uh, international permit over here, so I can just imagine if the cops pulled me over and I'd be like, "Here's my international." I was permit from Japan, and they look at me like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Is there any English on it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's international permit, so oh, okay. it's all in English. But oh, I gotcha. But still, <laughs> what? <laughs> You're American. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so first smell on this one, I'm smelling some roastiness, almost like what you'd expect from a porter. I almost smell a bit of like wood, like not pine, but oak. I'm trying to decide whether that's roastiness or freeness. I got a really good whiff in it. Was I do a, it smell some some oak or something. Okay. I'm with, I'm with I got a really good whiff out of here that it smelled a bit chocolatey as well. So I kind of smell house dust, which is strange, but not a bad like almost an inviting delicious house dust. Yeah, like a, like a welcoming house dust smell. Almost, you know, Probably, what, you know what it almost smells like. Um, after a fire is burnt, or like. If you smell a fire burning far away, you can smell a little bit of that aroma. I'm also getting a little bit of like uh, anise or black licorice type aroma as well. Just a hint mixed Mm. in there for good measure. Maybe. All right, Jubal Ale. Down we go. Down the pipe. That's different. I like it. Yeah, I'm getting more like a I'm getting two things. I'm getting like a porterish and then a licorice. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was there's there's initial hop bit up front, and then it kind of goes like you say two separate ways. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of that porter, slightly astringent, maybe a little raisiny, and then it ends with a, a really you know a, a strong anise licorice flavor. Mm-hmm. So we went back to um, haven't had a baby update on the main show for a while. This yesterday we went to the doctor's appointment, and uh, you know he talked to us and anything, and he asked you know. About you know, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? And we explained the story where they couldn't tell, and you know, like you know, we've been hoping there's been an excuse to go back, but we haven't had one. Right, that's yeah. a good thing. There's no reason to go back. He's like, well, if you want to go back, we can say that you know the baby's a little. We think the baby's a little small, so so we went back this morning for another ultrasound. You know, to, to make sure the baby right. wasn't too small, but you know that was the faux thing. So we got a good look at at the baby's junk, and I'm having a girl. Yeah, congratulations. So, yep. Or a very less, or not well endowed boy. <laughs> well, That's what they always say in Japan, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane has a little girl, so you guys girl. can commiserate on that regard. So, you know, like I, like I said before, you know, when I first heard the news, I was a little bit taken back because Heather and I both wanted a boy. And just psychologically, we were just talking it up him, him, he. Your, you your, your daughter's going to hear this someday. I know. <laughs> 
But, you know, after the first ultrasound, I've had, you know, three, four months now to, to kind of be like, you know, yeah, girls. You're not going to care. Yeah, I don't care. think I'm going to care. No. So, yeah, it'll be fun. So right. let's get, let's get back to the Jubilee. I just kind of wanted to do a quick update about the baby. Didn't want to waste too much time. I'm sure listeners can send in any thoughts they have. Mm-hmm. They, they certainly they, have they, they often do. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, didn't have too much. Uh, we had got you know lots of email from people, and we appreciate it, but not too much you know questions or show worthy email. Mm-hmm. But we did get this one, and this was from a person I didn't write down his name. Okay, so uh, he can, emails. Can you help me nail down? Can you help me nail down a taste? Uh, his brew buddy wants to do an Oktoberfest, and he's never been too crazy about the style. There's this linear aftertaste he doesn't enjoy in commercial versions that he's tried. He mentioned that recently I've been to Victory, and he noticed he had a lingering aftertaste in their ESB as well. Have I tried the ESB? That may help. Although I swear that the ESB was really Oktoberfest by mistake. He says he's not so great in describing, so bear with him. It seems that like a long, grainy aftertaste. I thought it was from the Pilsen malt, but I've had Belgian beers made in with the same malt, and I can't detect it. I know German Pils is different than Belgian French. I noticed it too in the Sly Fox Pilsner, but there was enough goodness in there to make me forget about it. Mm-hmm. Could the linger taste be the Zotz, the Zotz hop or another hop that is not often used in ales, which is what he mostly drinks? Well, I emailed him back, but we're reading this because I think it'd be useful for a wider audience as well. And uh, what Greg's talking about is the term that we've deemed as noble twang, right? And it, I've never heard. We've never heard it anywhere else. It's kind of how we describe it. Where um, it's almost kind of metallic. Yeah, it's this tinny taste, and that's why we got the twang in there. Right. The noble part, because we seem to notice it in beers that have continental noble hops in it. Not all of them, but. Something the way they use the hops to us, we would say they used them wrong or they're not fresh or something like that. Um, I think Yingling is probably a good example to pick out Noble Twain. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually am quite curious because I hardly notice that beer anymore, except for in beers like Yingling and just like in like good Oktoberfest craft beers. I used to taste this type of mm-hmm. thing. I don't notice it anymore. And I'm curious have I gotten accustomed to it? Or was I just always drinking the wrong beers before? I'm pretty <laughs> sure we have gotten accustomed to it. I mean, our palates have expanded to the point where we're tasting more flavors. I, mean, so I think bad that's what happens is as, as you taste more things, your palate expands and you start to taste more flavors. It's just interesting because it tasted so bad before. And now, you know, you don't notice it. It's just like, how's that disappear? But Well, I mean, look at it this way. I used to despise olives when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And now I like them except for black olives. Like, you know, the kind that you get in, on pizzas and like right. cheap pizza. Like black olives. No, no. But I, well, I love oil cured black olives, but not like the black olives that they have. Talking to the mic, don't whisper. <laughs> I'm, a fr- I'm shy. <laughs> um, but, you know, then I, I grew to really love olives. So, you know, as your tastes expand, you start to notice that there are levels inside some of these flavors that you've had before, some of what you still don't like, and some of what you really do. Right, love. okay. Makes and sense. I think that there are levels inside Noble Twang, inside whatever this Noble hop thing is that we're getting mostly from I think pretty much Zatz hops and other noble varieties uh, some of the more tinny stuff is on like one side and the stuff that we really enjoy is on the other side right now the one thing that's curious to me is he mentions Oktoberfest and this Victor ESB so I'm like what do they have in common sure they could have paid, poured him a fest beer instead of an ESB had messed up 
or you know they both have this multi, but the malts are derived from different places. Yeah. Where uh, Oktoberfest comes from a Munich malt, which is more of a, a bready, uh, bread crust type flavor, where ESB gets from a crystal malt, so that's a sugary, sweet, malty flavor. So I'm trying to, like, is there a cross there where he doesn't like some kind of malty flavor? But they're so different, I can't really see if that's the case. And ESB is going to be a lot smoother than Oktoberfest in general. Uh, it was made right. Yeah, I guess it depends what you mean by smooth, but well, it's not going to be velvety in texture, but it's going to okay. it's going to seem to go down easier. I think it's going to be a little. bit I mean, because it, it could be. I'm not sure. I'm going to necessarily agree with you on. on I, I think the best ESPs are some other. of the best drinkers yeah, they out there, certainly. and they just really. I mean, just everything just tastes right about ESPs when you have a like good like Fuller's mm-hmm. is just fantastic. No, he also says he gets it out of the Sly Fox, and I'm trying to think. The Sly Fox does have a grainy type flavor, but I just think that's how they hop that one. I mean, that's a good Pilsner, yeah, but it, it certainly has this grainy hop to it. And it, if that's the flavor, I, I don't. I see. I really can't see how that really translates over to um, to an Oktoberfest. But the graininess from the is also, I guess, now that I think about it more, it's a combination of the hops and the Pilsner malt. And it's the same kind of graininess that you get, like in our, our Dortmunder Gold that we right. like so much. You know, you get a little bit of that there from all that, the DMS and all that good stuff that's in those Pilsner malts. You reminded me about Sly Fox, and I wanted to bring this up because I got a case of Sly Fox, and it was just as fizzy and explosive as the other stuff we've had before. Was it cloudy too? Or yeah. Oh, I think really? I've had that before. Sly Fox Pilsner in a can? Uh, no, it wasn't a can. I must be thinking of something else. They don't can all their beers, but the Pilsner is certainly in a can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, could be wrong then. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good beer, but it was just, I mean, it was coming out like crazy. Do you still have the, the case, the cardboard case? No. <laughs> okay. Because that has the lot number on it. They can I looked see. for that. I didn't oh. find it. Okay. This was good. Okay. That yeah. was the uh, Jubileo from Deschutes. Well, Deschutes makes some Caram- good stuff. Was that caramelly to you? Because that was caramelly to no, you. No, licorice more. Yeah, licorice and, por- I mean, to me that was a porter mostly with a little bit of. Okay, so the next beer we're going to try is the Bison Brewing Winter Warmer. We talked about this one when Gary we opened it from last week from Gary, where the other only other beer we've had from Bison Brewing was that gingerbread ale. Yeah, and that was which delicious. Was freaking amazing. Now you were talking as Jeff was going out about how you get you can get Belgian beers. Yeah, Belgian beer just opened up next to my office and I got it quite you, often. But you can't but the Jubilee was something you can't get. And why don't you say what you were saying before? Because it was really I mean you you were hitting all the right. Well beers. I was saying so like a, well I've always I'm not new to beer. I've been drinking beer ever since I've known you and, well, even earlier. But we don't need to talk about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can get the Belgian beer. And Belgian beer is wonderful, especially when I'm coming in. When I first discovered Belgians, it was like this fantastic new world of all these different types of flavors. And I went to the Belgian beer bar, like, every day, spending, like, all of my paychecks. Because it costs, like, you know, 10, 15 bucks to get a pint of, well, not a pint, right. but, like, a little glass of Belgian beer. Anyway, but then, so, and so when I come home and I try stuff like this, and then there was there was a place in in Sapporo where I could get a couple American beers, but the, the Americans when I try something different, it's like the the world is so much more broad, and you have like the Belgian beers, which is perfect, and everything is a little ball of like perfect different styles, and there's a little world, and then around that you have all these different kinds of American beers. No, you you're absolutely right. Where the Belgians are very tied to tradition, yeah, and um, they make some great beers, but they're not very flexible, and yeah, exactly. you have these American brewers who. Rules, we don't need no stinking rules. And they're just, they're running circles around the rest of the brewing world for any creativity right now. Not saying that there aren't great brewers in England, Germany, and Belgium, but they're, 
generally, generally, there's sure there's exceptions, but generally they stick with what they've been doing for a thousand years. And what I think what's good about that, though, is for somebody who does never come into the industry, never had craft beer before, they, it's simpler because it's what they've been doing for a hundred years is, is, is known to be good and it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to come into. Whereas, like, for example, like the last beer we had, somebody who's never had anything other than Budweiser might drink that and go, oh, God, I'm, that's too much. So yeah. it's it's good to come in with the Belgians or the traditional like European beers, but then when you really get into it, there's just nothing like this. I was wondering about this because as soon as I smelled this, I said raisin. Is it brewed with raisins? It absolutely. It smells is. like raisins. It's, it's brewed with raisins. So it must be. Is it? Mm-hmm. Where does it say that? Uh, right in in the green, right between winter and warmer. Oh, <laughs> it's right <laughs> in the middle of the label. Yeah, you're right. So uh, Bison Brewing is out of Berkeley, California. It's 9% alcohol by volume. This is a 2006 Brewer's oh. Reserve. So this one has a couple years on it. This double-style ale warms the body and soul. blah 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 Marketing speakity-speakity-spoo. That smells just like Christmas pudding. Water, organic barley, organic hops, hops, yeast, and organic raisins. So there's a little bit of non-organic hops in here. The heart. But it's, not enough, it's still certified USDA organic. It smells like cakey raisins, like... Gooey, chocolatey, or not chocolatey, but like cakey, good, like Christmas, Christmas pudding. Oh. I was afraid to taste it. Tastes like Christmas pudding. It does. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it almost does? It's got, it's got a, lot, a lot of raisiny. At the end, there's a significant alcohol presence. There's a nice full body to mm-hmm. it. It, wow. it tastes like... This is going to be kind of contradicting. A nice full body. It tastes like one of those thinner Belgian doubles. Because, you, you know, like a Belgian double, I'm trying to think of an example of one that the way it just finishes at the end, there's this little bit of bite at the end of it and um, where the mouthfeel gets thin instead of, you know, continuing to be full the whole way to the end. I can sort of see where you're coming from. I'm trying to think of a double that fits that. Uh, maybe Chimay? Yeah, yeah, like a Chimay double. That's certainly... Chimay um, is much softer red. though, right? Yeah, it, the beginning is certainly softer than the Chimay, but it finishes up like that kind of double does. The uh, the aroma is certainly working over time with raisins. It's, yeah, uh, I, I really it's really good though. I like it. But it is, I mean, it's definitely Belgian in style. You can kind of detect where it's going into that sort of Belgian issue. Picking a little bit of um, in the aroma, I just got this great. It was only it doesn't have dextrose added there, does it? No, I don't think so. Only when my lungs were. Almost full. I tried to take another sniff, and I got this like peppermint, wintergreen, minty type aroma in there, and it was pretty cool. Can I backtrack you for a second? And ask I think you, that's mostly alcohol. Ask you what de- dextrose? What? Uh, Belgian beers typically have well, doubles and triples typically have candy sugar added, which is crystallized oh. sugar for added fermentability. Um, this one doesn't say that it has that in the in, in the ingredient list here, but I mean, you could do a double with all. You can do it double. It's, it's possible. You probably can't do a quad without <laughs> putting some extra fermentables in there. Well, it would definitely be chewy because mm. the, the candy sugar is firming out with a thinner body. And um, where malt has more unfermentable sugars and proteins and stuff in there. So it leaves a fuller body, fuller mouthfeel. I like it. It's very good. I mean, it really is very good. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It smells more like raisins than it tastes like raisins, but it still tastes a lot like yeah. raisins. This is one where I like the I like the flavor significantly more than I like the aroma. 
The aroma has a little bit sharp, that reason. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. The, the aroma is a little bit, I mean, if, if it tasted like the aroma, it'd be a little overbearing. It'd probably be very sticky. It, it would be, um, um, what's, like, flag porter. Remember flag porter? Vaguely. It's an English-style right, porter the with the yeast, the yeast was, from the ships, yeah. shipwreck, whatever. It's a very, very sharp porter at the end, and that's what this one smells like. And it's pleasantly surprising when you drink it, and it has a much fuller body. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company commissions a new solar array. Sierra Nevada is getting greener. They're uh, opening up a new 1.4 megawatt of uh, power array for the AC power. How do you get AC power from a solar array? Through an inverter. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I mean, the sun doesn't go off and on. Off and on. <laughs> it goes back and forth. Right. <laughs> well, they, they they run them through uh, a, a power controller and then the inverter and then you can run a house power off it. Mm. Another piece of news: um, they put a, we talked about this a little bit, but the Brewers Association in May is going to have Savor, an American craft brew, craft beer and food experience in Washington D.C. The Savor stand branding because it's all capitalized. Yeah, yeah, Savor. Uh, no, it's just to get your attention. Oh, so <laughs> let's try to think of an acronym for it. Um, super awesome, very outstanding, unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> or is this very the outstanding? Oh, there's no you and I'm Saber. sorry, I'm on British spelling these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's required by my company. <laughs> So anyway, what this is, is down in D.C. they're going to have a bunch of beer and food pairings and have, you know, Congress and big wigs and stuff there. And um, I was hoping to get to go down, but with the whole baby thing, I'm not allowed. So maybe you'll have to do this press junket. D.C.'s not that far away. We'll have to see how it works out. I actually, I mean, I could live in, uh, my parents are in D.C., so I could go there. Um, so you don't have to get a hotel or anything. As long as, you know, you're able Super to get- awesome, very... Uh, what was it? Outstanding review is probably what it stands for. <laughs> super <And> awesome, <laughs> super awesome, dude. Awesome. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, check this out if you're in the uh, you know anywhere around DC in May. There will be some pretty cool beer events going on, and uh, savercraftbeer.com or org is their website. You can check that out. Terrapin Brewing Company is trying to get license approval for their new brewery. And it's taking a long time, so they're asking their fans of the brewery to grow mustaches to protest and to support the uh, to get the license. I support you, Terrapin, but I'm not growing a mustache. Sorry, I would. I look awful with any hair on my face. No, nobody looks awful with a mustache, Greg. Nobody. <laughs> you just need the right sunglasses. You just need a handlebar mustache. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You just need Maybe the right sunglasses. I should give it a shot. And that's all the news and email we have for tonight. So. Now it's back to the beer. It's getting more peppery as it warms up. Or, or could I use the word peppery? It tastes a bit spicier. You can use whatever descriptor you'd like. I, I, I don't have the confidence Unless it's here. trademarked. It's been... I'm not yeah. supposed to have confidence after living in Japan. It's just no. part, of, <laughs> part of my new, my new uh, makeup. If you want to warm it up a little bit, you can just wrap your hands around it. And try it it's already it. at a pretty warm temperature. I put these in the fridge just a little before you guys came, so... Let's try to reaffirm and see if there's any pepper. Like a white pepper. Not a, not a black pepper, but a white pepper. Not sure. I'm not really picking up that. I think you can you can get fooled by alcohol a lot of times. Yep, yeah, it's definitely... There's a lot of alcohol taste in this. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know when I said I was getting minty before? 
I think it is the alcohol playing with the raisins and right. it's giving me a minty type flavor. Not as good as the gingerbread ale, but still very good. Still nice. Very nice. If you guys are sitting around drinking beers that are better than this all the time, or even as good as this and better than, then I should move home. <laughs> <laughs> you should move home because, I mean, the first three beers, while not bad, none of them have been like oh, great. God. Yeah, none yeah. of them have been so. Well, not that I would move home for beer, but it's just one more yeah. chip on the table. Well, I mean, keep in mind that it's not like we can get any of these in this area. Right. Everybody's mm-hmm. sending you all this great stuff, right? right? Yeah, not the ones we're drinking right now. Just- yeah, that does, this is really crazy. You can't have beer sent to you, technically, right? Not from people who are not licensed to send it to us. Through, through the U.S. mail. So you, get, so you get care packages, though, no? Yes, we do get care packages. It's uh, not illegal to send it through other means. Well, it's against their, oh. it's against their policies. If they detect that you're shipping them alcohol, shipping alcohol to Pennsylvania, or actually, well, actually, for the um, yeah, those two things here, a private individual cannot ship alcohol through the U.S. Postal Service. It's a felony. Okay. Through FedEx or UPS, it's against their policy, but there's no legal ramifications typically if they find your ship shipping beer they'll send it back to you so you're not out either which right means you're out the cost of postage that's right. it is, is it a felony for the person who's receiving it because i've sent him sake from japan before without no. even thinking about it now the other thing is like there's commercial places like that sell beer to the consumer but pennsylvania you're not allowed to ship to the consumer in pennsylvania okay so like a website like liquid solutions can ship to people in other states but they can't ship to pennsylvania right okay um, the third thing is, because we're a business, a beer media type thing, It's I'm not sure where the legality is there, but it seems like a lot of breweries don't have any problem sending us stuff. Oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're incorporated, so because I see, I see. we have a, you know, and, and I think as long as you have a license to send this stuff, it's allowed. I think that maybe resellers can't send it, but the breweries themselves can send it. Homebrewers have a long-standing tradition of shipping beer through the mail. And uh, there's a great joke, and all the listeners have probably heard this a dozen times, except for the newest ones. But it's an old homebrewing joke where um, when you ship something, you just say you're shipping books. And uh, one day a homebrewer gets a call from the post office and says, uh, Sir, your your books are leaking. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. You can also say things that are true. You can say... Glass yeast, bottles. Glass bottles. Yeast samples. Food, eva- food evaluation. I see, right. Right. Interesting. Just not beer. Yeah. But you're allowed to home, home brew. Is legal in every state? In it, is that right? Yes. It's legal by decree of Jimmy Carter, actually. Yep. Because hmm. you can't you cannot brew every in every state. Um, Utah is one of the states where it's not technically legal to homebrew, but there's homebrew oh, really? shops and there's homebrewers. But if you read the the letter of the law that's on the books, you can't uh, homebrew in Utah. I see, I see. I can't homebrew in Japan, nor can I get much of variety, but I can buy beer at a vending machine. Well, they've actually started disappearing more recently, but you can get, buy beer anyway. You're not allowed to homebrew, huh? Nope. Not allowed to homebrew. I haven't never even seen the equipment. Really? I yeah, can't do that. Ship them some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the uh, the next beer is another uh, winter warmer. This is from Mount Shasta. We did a beer from them last week. We did that Rock Hard 10 double mm-hmm. IPA. So this is the Mount Shasta winter warmer. This is out of Chico, California. It's 8.1% alcohol by volume. 
Same town where Sierra Nevada lives. Oh, that last one was so good. This one has a train on the front. Hmm. How many, uh, should I say, ounces is that bottle? It's a 22-ounce. 22-ounce bottle. They're very popular out on the West Coast in California and whatnot. How many milliliters is 22 ounces? It is probably six, no, six hundred something. Yeah, it's six six to seven hundred somewhere in there. Twenty five ounces is seven hundred fifty milliliters. Just real close to that. Okay, gotcha. So maybe it's closer to seven hundred. I'm not sure. Man, when I was in college, you could get um, one thousand milliliter cans out of the vending machines. That's great. My, my dad has one of those. He has a support. When you, what? When you were in college. In in Japan, when I was in college in Japan, my dad. When were you in college in Japan? Oh, that's right. You took a semester, didn't yeah. you? No, a year. A year, yeah. My dad has this Sapporo can, and it's it's a liter. It has a, a cone top with a screw cap, and it has this plastic handle that snaps yeah. on the top and bottom yeah. rims, so it turns your Sapporo can into a mug, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they used to apparently my my stepdad was there like twenty five years ago. I mean, thirty years now, and you could get him like almost a, not a not a gallon, but as big as a gallon. Like two liters or whatever back then, three liters. How much is a gallon? Three liters. Like a big, well, like a big jug, you know. Yeah, the, the handle's great though. It turns this, cups, right? turns this liter can from a s- dispensing vessel into a yeah. drinking vessel, basically. Right, it's right, a handle right, right. Now. <laughs> it's, it's silly. Excellent. A gallon of sixteen cups, which is two pints. What's that? Sixteen ounces is about a pound pint. Gallons one hundred twenty eight ounces. One hundred twenty eight ounces. Yeah. So sixteen ounces is a pint, and that's about a pound. So it's eight eight glasses for a gallon. Pints pound of water around. Are you talking about a pound in currency? Or are you no, talking a about pound, pound in, like in weight? In weight. Well, that's another thing. Okay. <laughs> when is the state's going to start using the right <laughs> measurement system? One that's based on reality. You mean? Yes, the one that's based on reality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We tried in the 70s, and it didn't work. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Didn't we all learn it in school, though? You guys all learned the metric system in school, right? Yeah. We learned what it was. We never... See, the biggest... This is post-show, too. Yes. Sorry. So write it down. Metric system. What we're talking about now is the Mount Shasta Winter Warmer Ale. <laughs> Let's see. American Turo, Caramel, Victory, I can definitely malt. smell the caramel. Oh, yeah. All the way. In. Magnum, Mount Hook, Chinook, Hops... English style ale at eight point one percent. It's perfect for those long winter nights in front of a roaring fire and good friends. So we're just missing the fire tonight. Oh wow, that's good. Oh man, I don't even want to taste that. I just want to enjoy the smell for a while. Yeah. That's just—it's got. I mean, you love caramel, so there's caramel flavor in there. There's uh, a bit of hoppiness. There's. It's it's a, it's a considerably different beer than the one we just had before it. So it may be, I mean, the first taste I thought was a little bit off, but then the second taste, the third taste, it really, really changed my mind about it. I mean, it's really, really good. Well, it even makes the water taste good. Drink some water. You'll taste the beer. Mm-hmm. It makes the water taste like beer. <laughs> Wow, I could use more of this. <laughs> oh, Mount Shasta. You certainly they're both are better than your than the soft drink that I associate with the name Shasta. <laughs> <laughs> they're both both the one before this and this one even even so more is light really light in carbonation, which See, this I, one, I like. This one has an aroma that is not doing it for me. 
Yeah, picky. It's a little wham. muddy. Picky wham wham. It is it's, a little muddy. I think it's it's this muddy. It's this um, maybe a little funky almost. No, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, acrid. You think so? Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe that's a little too extreme. Yeah. Could you I mean, explain acrid to me? Right, sorry. Well, when I think of acrid, like I burns think your nose a little bit. Yeah. Or? Like burnt carbon is what I would think yeah. of as acrid. Okay. Is that a, is that just an advert or adjective that I happen to not know? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not one I made up. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't mean it that way. But it's not. A, is it a beer term? Like, a, no, or is no. it like actually just an adjective that I happen it's to just not an know? Right. right yeah. Okay. Not typically a food adjective either. Okay. We, li- we like doing that. We like coming up with things like, you know, we use... No, my vocabulary is just actually wait, very small. Wait until we, <laughs> so. we start using colors to describe flavors. Yeah, we've done that, that That's when we're really on the LSD. Yeah, this, <laughs> this does smell very yellow. <laughs> we've actually done that before. Not not yellow, but... Uh, Sorry about how that. would you describe the... How how we use colors in the past? Just, I, just, I know I said like dark red and like really dark down in those browns. I've used that. I think more of a, a tone, you know, yeah. like like you, know, you got bright colors, you got dark colors, you got. I mean, when we say bold dark colors, fruit, you have that, new that, colors. You know, that's kind of meaningless, you know. It, it sort of means those really dark red fruits that have the deep dried raisins, dates, yeah, prunes. the very. So deep basically, you're taking the colors from fruits. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's common. Oh, makes well, sense. I mean, we didn't invent dark fruit. That's typically used in tasting guides and things like that. You know, things we invent are more like um, man, man candy. candy. <laughs> <laughs> man candy. That sounds a lot like that taste that was detected apparently by the Japanese. Was that a that's umami? Umami, yeah. No, that's that's not just quote unquote detected. I mean, that's real. Yeah, I've heard more ever since you told me about. It, I hear about it all the time yeah. now about sweet, salty. Sh- uh, Sweet, salty. I only hear about it. Bitter, English. sweet, salty, bitter, um, sour, sour, and umami. umami. Yeah. As much as they love their food, they never talk about that. I mean, umami is a word that's used very commonly, but not the way we use it. And we get this post show. Sorry. No. No. This is actually this is main show material. All right. Well. Well. Umami is like umami is just it just means umai is an adjective that means good. Like, you can use it to say anything. Like, you say, this is delicious, this is good, this is good. Umai, this is used all the time on TV. And umami, it just turns it into a noun of being good. That's all that it means. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, you know, goodness, savory. Savory right. is, savory, is, is right. how we, is how you know, translate how it. How we yeah. kind of sort of translate it. You know, well, no, but it's, that's pretty a good yeah. translation. You know, right? Umami is hard to isolate. You know, that's the hard part where people, like, you can't say, go eat this fruit. It tastes well, like umami. Well, I mean, you know, the best example of umami probably is monosodium glutamate and MSG. Yeah. Right, no, that's, yeah. That's pretty much that's what it says. Wikipedia, yeah. but the but the problem well not the problem but the difference is is where we use where we use this word savory savory is actually a better translation of that taste than the word umami would be because savory basically says exactly what I think whereas the word umai well umami may be more used in that circumstance but the adjective umai is just like we use it just like oh that's good like very simply that's mm-hmm. good you can use it for anything sweet ice cream anything that that e at the end seems to like kawaii is cute. I remember that one. Yeah, a lot of adjectives end in I, E. Yeah. Here, here's something. Uh, this is the color guide off yeah. the back of um, the 
crap, what's that called? Uh, Tasteyourbeer.com's uh, hop sampler thing. I figured it'd be a good little cheat sheet to have here to, to, to get the SRF But well, the thing is that, numbers. I mean, not everybody has that, so... But no, cool. but the numbers are standard, right? These are SRM numbers. Oh, that's okay. cool. So I'd say this beer is about 18 SRM. Where'd you get that? It was on the back of a, uh, a booklet we got to sample about um, beer education, and they gave us a bunch of little hop packets, so mm. we get some different kinds of hops. That's cool. And uh, she asked me, it's more like 20 or at least 19. Let me see. I'll try. Give me, give me a round. <laughs> gotta use it. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Let me, oh, let me. That's cool. I'm going to say 18, 20, yeah. But then they again, again, if the glass is thinner, it's going to be lighter, right? Well, so yeah. What do you the thickness general. of the beer, there's a whole bunch of things. So really, to have a true sample, you almost need to have a tinted... Uh, I mean, like, if you hold this, for example, like, and you look down from the top, and you look just, like, a very narrow part of it, it like, it gets down to, like, 12. Yeah. It really the, depends on uh, how much of the beer you're looking at, how much the thickness. Yeah, Ooh. if you're really doing a sample, you need to have it in a controlled tube, and the, the calibration rods are plastic clear tubes as well, so you can judge in any lighting environment. And the... the um, yeah, the guy who does tasteyourbeer.com uh, said this first run, these colors weren't really reproduced exactly what they were. So, they're, but, they're but like like I was saying here, like if you look at this from the top and you look down like a very narrow mm-hmm. portion, it's going to be lighter colored, and you look at it from the side and be very dark colored. So, is there like a standardized thickness? A Probably. Of the, like a test tube that they judge? Yeah, we're, we're not getting that detailed here or with this guide here. But, yeah, when you're really judging the color, it has to be in the same parameters like that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who have ever homebrewed will notice how dark their beer looks in the in the fermenter. I mean, it just looks crazy dark. Crazy, crazy dark. And um, you bottle it, pour it into a glass, and it looks like ten times lighter. Yeah. It's just because of the volume and how much it absorbs light going through that volume. Mm. I mean, you could brew a Pilsner, and I've never seen a Pilsner in a glass fermenter, but I'm sure it looks surprisingly dark. Hmm. I, mean, I really want to do a, a Dortmunder, though. I want to yeah. go over a Dortmunder. It'd be, it'd be cool to try. Okay, so it's time for us to do our our rankings. And um, not too hard for me, actually, even though very good beers all around. You know, I'm wondering if my me. tongue is like... Not really working well tonight because you guys were loving the Mount Shasta, and to me it didn't taste bad, but it didn't taste good either. I mean, I mean, it was just kind of a just there. There was the positive attributes were nothing outstanding. Um, I'm really enjoying the Mount Shasta a lot. It's a very drinkable beer. It's the one. If I was going to have another one, it's the one I would drink another one of. And, and to me, like thinking back and looking at all four of these beers, I mean, they're almost all interchangeable to me on like how I liked them. Really. Yeah. Huh. Definitely different opinion than I have. Okay. Uh, for me, Mount Shasta is number one. I mean, out of all of these, uh, I think this one is the most enjoyable, and this one's really mm, awesome. It's got that caramel flavor that I love in, in the winter warmer and in these, you know, wintry beers. So really going for it. And then next, the one that's just called Winter Warmer. Ale brewed with raisins. Very nice. The one from Bison. Very, very delicious. I like those raisins in there. The rum was a little off. Like we said, a little bit too strong, but the flavor wasn't there. Then the um, Jubilee. The Jubilee from Deschutes. Very good, very delicious. Just slightly behind the Winter Warmers, I remember. And finally, the Full Sail Wassail. I mean, it was interesting. It had a lot of 
good attributes to it, but uh, sorry, you're number four in this show. Shane? We'll go next. Well, first, I'm going to say that it's really hard. Not really hard. I shouldn't say it's really hard. It's really wrong to rate beers like this because, like, all of a sudden, already I just had four beers that are better than anything I've had in the past year in one night. And you want me to rate them and say, look, okay, I got number four here, and this one's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst. <laughs> we know. I mean, we've sorry. We've gone through uh, similar um, similar situations. Where we've had like quandaries <laughs> where we've had beers that have all been excellent. Right, right. But it's kind of part of the fun. Is like we we don't let ourselves off the hook. We right. have to to order them now. And I can. Sure. I just, I just, I was just, I just had to say that before mm-hmm. I did it. We always are when when there's four good beers. We always apologize for the last place beer. We're yeah. Like you're just inches behind right, third yeah, place beer. Right. And so it's just compared compared to what I drink on a normal everyday basis. It's just so completely different. So I had to say that anyway. For me, all the way, ju- the the jube. How does it? Jubileo. I just absolutely loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. But it was so. That's because it was so different. And I would think that if I was drinking beer on like this kind of beer on on the level that you guys were, not on the level, but the frequency that you guys were, it's probably something that I wouldn't drink in frequency. But it was just so interesting to me because I hadn't had nothing like it before that I just had to put it first. Okay. Um, and to the the Shasta that we're drinking now, which is just very very drinkable. It's it's a very complex beer, and I love the um, the uh, the caramely flavor. And um, but I but it's not so heavy or so uh, so would you go complex that I couldn't drink a lot. I could I could drink another three of those tonight and not, and not even think about it. Right. And the winter warmer is really really good and I absolutely loved it and I have a difficult time saying that it's not as good as the Shasta. But yeah, it's just because it's so raisiny that it's almost like a dessert. Spice brewing. It's yeah. like a dessert, but it's it's wonderful. I I love it. I would drink that after dinner any day. And the full sale was also wonderful, but it was a bit. Um, more hoppy than I would have expected from this st- well from from the style that it is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm able to come up with a ranking as well. Right. I'm going to agree with Shane. I'm going to put the Jubilee number one. Um, I just really liked the the porter slash raisin slash. It would yeah. work really well. The licorice, yeah. Number two, I'm going to put the Bison Brewing. That was a Belgian double. You know, all things aside, that Belgian flavor in there was really good. The the aroma takes points off. That is a bit harsh on the aroma, but the flavor was, was very nice. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the full sale. Um, it had that uh, hoppy bite to it, but aside from that, it, it was nice. And after halfway through the, the beer, that initial that that steep cliff at the beginning that I keep saying, you know, I didn't notice that as much, and the beer was much more drinkable. And the beer that uh, you know that Greg loved tonight, I'm going to put in last place. To be honest. There was nothing wrong with it, but there was nothing that did it for me either in this beer. It was it was just a, a medium winter warmer, uh, you know, a little bit darker than a brown ale. I mean, you know how much a fan I am of drinkability, and yeah. this is a very drinkable beer, very easily going down. It's not particularly challenging in the way that it's not it's not going to cause you to be hmm, let me think about that for a while it's very it goes I can down see very that. easy and very yeah full if I, I was to pick one that i was gonna choose to give a friend to be like you got to try this it would be probably second to last or last even on that scale yeah it wasn't very notable to me so I think yeah that's no that's, put it that's true way. but it is really just drinkable all right well that's all for this episode of craft beer radio hope you enjoyed it 
Uh, we'll be back after the new year. A couple more shows before the baby's born. So I can think to- of no better show than to list our top ten or top whatever of nineteen ninety of of two thousand and seven. Then our one hundredth show? show, which will be our. We next should do show. our top hundred beers. <laughs> I would never be able to complete that list. I would. <laughs> no, but I'm that, an alcoholic. That list would be ridiculous. Once I get to like you know, ten, twenty or thirty, 20. It, it would make no sense. I mean, yeah. it, it but you split it between two. Well, three if I was here. But I mean, it, do it. what's the difference between, between beer number twenty-one and beer number thirty-five? <laughs> that's no true. Well, that's true. You wouldn't be able to taste yeah. the difference anymore. That's true. We'd have to get all hundred in and have to recheck, or you yeah. could spit it out like wine testers. Uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's beer, man. You drink your beer. That's yep, right. so next week will be the uh, the 100th episode of Craft Beer Radio. Mm-hmm. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Thank you.